I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. The three amigos are leading this show, none other than Jake Hodge, Mr. Hoodrich, Ryan Gleghorn, and Gary Don Free, Mr. Drag Champ himself. Now, I wouldn't ride to the store with these three yahoos, but you put them together for some good old stories, some racing news, some results from all over the world. Now, that's a party you just don't want to miss. So, let's tune in, let's hang on, and let's get it on. I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. On the Drag Champ Show this evening, we have a 46-time national event winner, four different categories, a 19-time divisional champ, a five-time world champ, and I, I screwed up the order already because nine-time D4 driver of the year, and you've got five double-ups, but my biggest question, Evan Richardson, is do you care to get 50? Because you, yes. you've kind of you kind of hung out at the house lately. You know, you've you've done the thing with Blake and Austin and Ryan, and Edmund, wh- where you been? I'm, uh, I actually built a new car. I am going to run super gas. I've never done no good in super gas nationally. So I thought, well, maybe I'd come back. Maybe I could maybe kill a couple of birds with one stone. I need to win me a super gas race nationally. Nationally. Well, so you remember it like it was yesterday, right? So we've won four different categories, a whole bunch of driver of the years, but we've been stock, sportsman, super pro, and super comp. So we're trying to get super gas. Super gas, and if the good Lord would let me, in perfect world, maybe my pro ET at the bracket finals. And the blue Camaro. Yes, sir. So what was the, the last year that you were really hot and heavy racing the points deals? What, what, it was, what, the early – early No, 14. I went yeah, to 2014. I say the early teens of, of 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where have you been? Life now looks completely different from what it has for the last 30 years prior to that. So kind of give us an update on, you know, you've been around, we see it, but some of these big money races, we see at the Hill, we see it here and there, but you know, our busy billets off the ground. And as much as the kids help run that deal, you know, it's, it's in your shop and under your roof. So you kind of took that project and it's, it's y'all's baby now, but what's life like now com- compared to where it was? Well, obviously things changed a lot though. The financial part of sportsman racing is obviously it's a lot worse than it used to be. It's probably about three or four times the amount of money to compete and running for about 40% of what you used to run for. So, you know, financially, it really don't make a lot of good sense, especially with all these big high dollar bracket races. And the bracket race is probably as tough as anything. And it's comparatively speaking, they're all tough because of different variables. The, you know, NHRA stuff, you run four or five days, one race. And uh, a bracket race, you normally get to race a race each day. So it's where I call it making it somewhat equal is being able to do it constantly for a complete to compete a whole race in one day. Makes it, I would say, easier in a bracket form versus uh, NHRA form, except for the NHRA form is – you don't have near the packages put on you at a national event than you do at a bracket race. So they're all different equal, but the bracket racing is more attractive as we speak. That's why we ain't been racing. Are you happy? Oh yeah. I, you know, I didn't go to, I can tell you one thing I can confess. I didn't go to one NHRA drag race last year, not one event first time since 1985. And I can tell you, I still feel good and I sleep good at night. <laughs> so I, I would say, I would say things have changed for me because I used to cannot say that I, I, I wanted to go. I enjoy racing NHRA stuff, but you know, there's other things in life. 
I was fortunate enough to get to do it, I guess you say. So From where you live, you can travel a lot more to a lot of bracket races without being gone a week at a time, right? Right. You get right back home and get back to work, according to these kids. <laughs> so ni- 1985 to now, uh, we played poker a couple weeks ago, and, and you seemed happy. You are having a good time, and I, I think that's got a lot to do with it, right? You, you're a lot closer to all your friends that you not necessarily grew up racing, but you've been racing with the last 10 years, and you know it, and – for most of uh, most of those people, your shops like home, and and you've opened your doors to a lot of people like that. Is is that got a lot to do with the contentness now? Is you're you're doing what you want to do every day with people that you want to be around? Probably that's probably the whole deal in a nutshell. But the the thing is, I think I really enjoy. I call it freedom. If I want to go racing, I can, and if I don't, I don't have to. And I felt like all them years. I had to, well, I did have to go, you, you know, and but I was enjoying it and it was a heck of a lot more fun. I believe then I don't, I don't think it's as fun as it used to be. Just, you know, it costs too much to be there. You, you got to be kind of serious. People that do that for a hobby. I, I am so excited to know them. That is awesome because I call it their disposable income. They got plenty because it's very expensive to be there. There's no such thing as a stupid question, but, if somebody stepped up and said, Hey, this is the schedule I want you to go to. Here's the car and the money. Would you do it today? No, no. Only if I can do it with the kids and the kids, but they, they've got their path. They're, they're doing their thing. So I, no, I would not. No schedule. No schedule. No schedule. Oof. Unfortunately, I, I can tell you a funny story though. You know why I'm going to run in HR? It's not because <laughs> it's my favorite thing or what, whatever, but the reason I'm going to do it, I have a chance to, to do one thing that might not ever get done. If if I could win a world championship in the 20s, that would be at least one over the last five decades. Because my first one was in 89. And I, I can't see nobody in this tough world today doing that. Because you're talking about, you know, it could be over 50 years. Obviously, mine happened to be 89. So give me one in eight. So that, that's why I'm doing that. And I would love to do it in Super Gas. And you really kind of cringe when people call you the king. Why is that? Oh, I ain't no different nobody else. I just come at a good time. <laughs> You're one of the only people to have a chance to win a national championship in in how many different decades? And five, you, five. I'm no I'm no different than nobody else. <laughs> uh, man, them guys, you know, we came at the right time. You, you know, the if I was gonna say uh, somebody impresses me as far as the rest, Peters, he's tough. He's the real deal. You know what I mean? My, we came at the right time. We're competitive. We're not the best by no means. And I never have considered myself as the best. So when they call me king, they call LeBron the king. And I'm pretty sure he's the best in that sport. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not the king. I'm, in, I'm flattered, but I'm not the king. You got it. Now you're the goat. Now I'm the goat. You know, <laughs> so so let's talk about super gas a little bit, because that's about the only thing that I've ever seen probably stop you uh, from, from just dominating because I've watched you dominate pretty much everything you've ever done. So what's different in super gas than super street, which you owned and NHRA started a rule called the Richardson rule to keep you out of there. And that's obviously super comp. Yeah. Well, super gas, actually, we probably never really had a stellar car. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I know a car don't win the thing, but it does. It does help the, Super street car, I felt like we had the best car ever built in that time. I was very fortunate. It was awesome. Of course, nowadays, it's nothing. I kept telling them then all they do is change a 510 so they want to make it equal. Didn't have to kick people out of the class. 
because you won't race or oh, I thought you did. I thought you want numbers. And that's what makes things good for the promoter, or the sanctioning body. But what they was doing, they was they was directing at certain people because they could take old motor and 2,800 pounds, make it break a beam. Not many people could do that then. You can now. You can buy whatever it takes to make it happen. But back then, it took a little bit of effort. So that, that was a fun thing. And my Camaro I got now that we keep talking about, that that's what I built that for, to run uh, Super Street. It weighs 2,900 pounds, no driver. So it's all steel, all windows, dad, everything's factory. So we can't we can't get too far though without talking about this super gas conversation, knowing that there is a a roadster in your shop now that Austin claims is his. <laughs> he's claiming that that's all he's getting with that deal. <laughs> it's a false move, you know. He's got two more years of school. Yeah, yeah. He ain't claiming nothing right now. He's got school, and he's doing so, good with it. Proud of him. So that that super straight Camaro you got at twenty nine hundred pounds. I mean, it, you know, you like I said in the in the nineties they wanted you out of super gas super straight because you were winning too much, you and Scotty. Yeah. But then now they're letting basically super gas cars go into super straight, and people are running one hundred and sixty plus. And so it's kind of tables have turned a little bit. Our car then would not get under the weight limit. No, it it did have some fiberglass and stuff on it. It was built for the class, but it would not get under twenty eight hundred pounds. With a driver, the uh, when Scotty won the world in super gas in that car, that's what changed the rules. That the easiest way to fix that is couldn't run. They just kicked you out of ten ninety. It's really Scotty's the reason they did that, but obviously it affected a few of us. Yeah, you guys were doubling up in super street super comp pretty regularly there for a little while. Well, I, I called the director the other day and I asked him if I could run super gas and super comp at Bellrose, and he said, "Well." Sure, ain't nothing changed. I said, I'm talking about with the same car. <laughs> he said, you can't do me like that. <laughs> well, didn't, I'd have to bring two cars. Didn't y'all finish that white Camaro? That It's a 69, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all finished it at almost literally at the track, took it to the track and won, and it just it just seemed like it won it from day one. Time. Right, I cranked it up at the Motorplex. That's, yeah, that's I remember fact. that. I remember that, and I remember that it looked unfinished. And then, you know, it wasn't long. It was in the winter circle, and then it had it all lettered up and stickered up. I mean, it was just winning, and it's kind of crazy. It had a uh, – the cool part about that, the best I could go was 440s. It had a um, stock brake and a 176 transmission, right? J- just what we had. We just fit, we just want to get some runs because Houston, the national, was – that's what paid money. We wanted to be ready for next weekend. Getting lucky, and they finished it dark. It all worked out for me. You, you know what I mean? But when I went home, we changed the train stuff. I told them, I said, I believe I'm going to be able to turn it red when I get to Houston. They're like, no way, not a 1090 car. My God, it did. And when we'd come back, I told them, yeah, you realize you cut the field in, you probably only got six or eight people that even be really, you know, not take nothing away from nobody, be competitive. Because most of them was 480s. Mm-hmm. You know, and not everybody could red light then on a five-tenths tree. So, they was going for a well, we used, we always set up, you know, like 20. I didn't want no way to turn it red. Let's race. You know what I mean? Because at worst, you only spot them 100th because they ain't going to, you know, they're not going to be perfect by no means. I thought, shit, we're going to turn it green, make somebody beat you. <laughs> You know, they you were, but five or that, six at the tree, you'll never, t- you'll never turn on a wind light against you, bud. Yeah, right. It happens. I tell you, I've seen <laughs> it all now. What mile prior did that car go back then? 139. 
in time trials. I probably never saw that. No, no, day. never went that fast <laughs> elimination. No, it'd be as slow as 115. Yeah, elimination was probably in the sun sunlight. It was probably yeah. a little slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I always told the headwind always comes in the in the elimination. Now, that, <laughs> that was that really was fun. I wish we could get that fun back at the racetrack. That ain't been there in a while. Yeah, that that is a lot of fun. I remember having a 160 plus mile an hour super gasser and going out there running 145 through 148 through the traps and winning rounds and my dad coming back going, it just looks stupid. Why are you running that slow down there? Yeah. Like it's just a math exercise, dad. As long as I keep turning on wind lights, I don't care. That's right. That's, that's, that's fun that's racing good. though. I mean, yeah. that to me is a lot more fun than just holding it out the back door and, you know, just seeing who can dial one better. Well, look how young Jake is. He's traveling around. Ryan's probably done it the right way. He gets paid to be at the racetrack. <laughs> Not many of us can say that, right? That's true. So I mean, well, he's, he's doing I, it the right way. I damn sure wasn't going to do it behind the steering wheel. I seen you at Bristol. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all you seen. <laughs> that's it. It was the car. That was your car, right? <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I didn't even know that. That come up the other day. Yeah. Listen, that, that's Jake. Something about hillbilly. What's yeah. the sound on the side? I'm yeah, so it, it says hook and hillbilly on the side of it. And uh, that was the car that you waxed its ass at bracket finals my first time ever there. Oh, really? Yeah, that was it. Hillbilly, <laughs> hook and hillbilly. That was they the me they red... said, they, What brought it up? They told me, they said, well, you was definitely, you knew you was moving to down here anyhow. That's why you named your car that. <laughs> yeah. You wanted to fit in. I was like, what? Y'all moving too fast. Y'all got, what are you talking about? And they, then they told me, I didn't know that was your car that yeah. he was driving. My my dad named it the year I was born, so it was it's been that ever since its whole life. So and it was oh, the same cool. year I was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, the funny thing was, is a week before they're talking about going, and they're just kind of talking like they ain't even got a chance. You know, like oh, we're gonna show up, we'll see if this or that. And next thing I know, that Friday night, I think it was Friday night, wasn't Thursday it? Night. Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night. I get on the internet late. And I'm like. Shit, Leghorn's in the final. Like, I'm trying to watch this shit because it's like, hey, I'm excited. Hey, you should have been me. <laughs> you should have been me. What the fuck y'all talking about? <laughs> they, well, pulled, they, they pulled us down at, uh, God, was that seven cars? And they make us take the hood off. I'm like, wait, there ain't more coming? Like, I thought yeah. there was like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll I tell you. checking this thing. We, we thought it was a one-day thing until he made it down to six on Sunday. So, I guess I'm going to let yeah. him take it to Gulfport. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He was, he was. Clicking right along, wasn't it? So yeah. something I w- I've wanted to ask you, and I just want to throw the kids under the bus for a minute. If you had to throw one of your kids into the super street situation where you and Scotty figured it out, which one would come out better? In the 1090? Probably Blake. Yeah, like, hey, this is a car. This is what you got to do with it. Figure it out make it happen. Probably Blake. <laughs> Blake's the one that, that I feel like he's just quiet. He sits back and thinks about it. Ryan and Austin just going to throw, throw runs at it until it comes up, right? Actually, Ryan, Ryan don't, he's married and took that life that everybody's, I highly recommend taking, getting the job, getting your stuff situated proper, and then go race when you can. Ryan, I mean, he, he always did good. He just, he wanted, he wants a normal life. You know, you know what I'm saying? Which is, I'm telling you, and I preached it, they didn't listen at first, but they're actually, they're doing good with that. Austin's, I mean, went back to school. I, I'm really, when he graduates, if he does, and he seems to be going to, but there ain't no way you jump ahead of yourself, that'll be phenomenal. Because he definitely got it from his mama's side of the family, because the brain wise on our side, I'm not for sure can handle that. 
Hey, I, I just want you to know if I ever get married, you're invited, and I hope we go to a golf course. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So you heard stories too. What? No. <laughs> I heard about it, I think, when it happened because we was all crossful. Yeah. And uh, Blake's all flustered. I said, what's going on? He said, Ryan just called me. My dad knocked somebody out. <laughs> yeah. No. no. It was uh, – no. No, it was it was well deserved. It, it, it yeah. was just it was just an argument, but yeah. but kind of take us back to that part of your childhood, right? Because you and Scotty were kind of not raised drag racing, right? You were you were throwing hands at each other. Actually, actually, when we was young, he didn't. We didn't do that part of it. I was I was so much older now, seven years older. Oh, I am seven years older now. My lot was I am seven. So up until you know adulthood, we never was. He was little. You know what I'm saying? And young. Well, he did. I want to say when he graduated high school, he weighed 140 pounds. So you can imagine he, he was always small growing up, comparatively, whether that's big, whatever, but comparatively. We, I was raised different. I was always there, never never considered a job and wasn't going to college. And, you know, I did not saying I did it the right way, but no means. But at that time, it wasn't such a big deal. Today is a big deal. You actually need a piece of paper. With some kind of education saying you got it, then you can go forward. I got a high school, and that's that was lucky to get that. <laughs> now, now, now you're running a house machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, no, they are. I watched them. The night, I'm going to be doing this night session for too long, but if we don't get some more machines in there and a little more help, we're going to have to run two, obviously, two full shifts, not a shift and a half, I guess you call it. So, so where did the boxing come in in the background? Because I'd heard – I didn't know that, but I'd heard it a few years back. Oh, just raised mean. <laughs> we made my, – my father actually loved – we in other words, we never missed a Golden Gloves event. We, we know it was a time you got to eat pizza – I mean, pizza, peanuts, and look out your binoculars and watch fights. And we went – we went to Sugar Ray Leonard's first three pro fights set ringside. So, to tell you, they were eat up with that. So it was just natural for me to at least try it because obviously I'd be the greatest one in the family if you could do something with it. You, you know what I'm saying? And I realized even winning, you lost. So I told him, you know, if y'all don't mind, I mean, we, it's all happening. Everybody's happy, right? Yeah, I'm done. This is too much. So I didn't do that. Then. I wouldn't know big serious. There happened to be a guy in Dallas, Texas, named Eddie Richardson, and he was a, a – he was actually a black man that turned pro and was a killer fighter, heavyweight, right? Well, for years, people thought that was me fighting in the deal. And I finally told him, I said, guys, when I figured out what y'all doing, have y'all ever seen that fellow fight? Oh, no. I said, all you can do is see and know it's not me. You, you guys got this all road. That's not me, man. I don't do that. So, they, you know, and then people, people do things, you know, when they think people try – it's kind of like when uh, you go to the racetrack and Jake's dominating in foot brake and he's in the first car in the left lane every weekend. Well, naturally, we're going to pull up first car. I'm going to try. Well, that's what they was doing when I was when I was fighting. That It got to be where it wasn't no fun. I go to the racetrack, it seemed like I was in a fight every weekend. Now, winning, losing, whatever, winning all of that, it doesn't matter, man. That's no fun. So we grew out of that, and I dang sure didn't want them to think that was okay. As I was having kids, I, you know, I did preach against that. I tried to, you know, you can turn the other cheek. You don't have to bust somebody or whatever. Just let it go and move on. 
if it gets bad, then you try to tear the head off. But, <laughs> but that's not what I wanted to teach. So we stay way away from that. Um, they do pretty good. One last back to the 2014 season. I, I feel like it wasn't then when you knew you were done. At what point did you know that it was coming to an end? Uh, I was trying to think. You know, I did have that. I, I went to a bracket finals. I was trying to remember. I, I think it was 10 or 11, maybe 11. I ran sportsman. And the only reason I ran sportsman is because the only car we had there that nobody was driving, which was the Choctaw. Most of what, 12 flat. Thing runs in the tens. You know, you can't have a throttle stop, right? So we, that was kind of a joke for me to run that. It wasn't because I thought people were easy. They're way wrong. They're just as tough in sportsmen as they are in super pro. I mean, they, them guys are great racers with their own setups. So when I did that, I tried everything in the world to slow it down and never could like 1160, right? You, you just couldn't slow it down that much without a controlled throttle stop, which obviously you couldn't do. So, uh, when I went up there, they said, well, obviously you're going to dial 12 flat. I said, no, nah, I'm going to dial 12, 12. They said, well, why? I said, well, if I dial 12 flat, everybody here knows I'm, I'm holding a bunch. I dial 12, 12, at least they're going to have to think about it. You know, <laughs> you know, they think maybe I'm somewhat close to that, right? That thing would run. It was, I missed a gear and it would still break out. You know what I mean? It was flying, but I couldn't make the, you couldn't pull the throttle. Once you got it to where it would run in the 12s, it'd go 1340. Wouldn't even drive down the track. So I'd give up on it. I just left it fast and just got butt lucky. That's how that worked. That's funny. Fun, so, you, so you're stalker. I remember you messing around with those guys in that stalker, that 69, and you would hold, obviously, and they all griped about it. Yeah. And then as soon as somebody had red light, you'd go down there and leg it out and go dead on. And they yeah. didn't realize you were short shifting and messing around with the yeah. shifter and stuff. And so anyway, he had them so confused. It was uh, it was a blast though. Well, it was fun, man. You, you know what I mean? It was really, really fun. The, mm -hmm. the all that's changed. It ain't like that. When they got such the stalkers now, they they make stalkers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that ain't no stock. The guy Jimmy Paul had a stalker. When you take a duster with nothing and you hand build some old Chrysler stock motor and can, that's a stalker. All this other stuff, an eight second Mustang, there ain't no stalker. You, get, you know what I mean? That, that, now we're putting that deal in there where you got the man with the most money. We stock, stock and bracket racing, all that's for, it's equal. Better driver's supposed to get in there and win. Oh, that's the way I look at it. And obviously I'm not the smartest guy, but that's the way I look at it. So you're talking about a lot of the back when it was fun. And I know in the eighties is really where I kind of knew who you were in the nineties, but what was it like for, for some of our younger crowd that weren't even born at that point? What was it, what was it like racing back then? I mean, it was all home built stuff, right. And, and no technology and, but what was the competition like and just the racing and stuff, the purses, just different things like that investment. And how has that changed over the years? Well, the, obviously they're not, I think to, the biggest part, obviously, is the money they spend on it. I think some racers maybe get a little confused, and they uh, um, they uh, they might not think about important things. I call it, you know, they might spend money they don't have to spend and pay it out by the month or wh whatever they do. Because there's no way in the world somebody can work a normal job and buy the stuff they buy today. It just don't compute. 
you know, you turn in, you make it thirty five thousand a year, and you got a seventy five thousand dollar race car. Something ain't computing to me. I don't know how you have a house and a truck, the trailer, and entry fees and all. You know, what I mean, none of that makes sense to me. But you know, racing was a lot more fun by far back then because you had man, we go park. You could take two hundred cars to Temple Dragway. It's got room down to park about seventy because of the rigs, but. You could go down and it wasn't even really crowded and have a nice race and they'd finish on time and there wasn't none buybacks and all that. You know, you know what I mean? That I thought that was more racing because what they do when they do the buybacks, to me, the, the people go out there in first round, it's kind of it's real easy to lose first round because somebody might throw a shot at you, they wouldn't throw at you if there's eight cars left. You know, they might think about other things, but first round, man. $40, $100, whatever the buyback, they don't even think about that no more. They'll roll, set up red, set up tight, everything comes out ugly packages that they're not going to do the whole day. I hate buybacks. That's my theory on all that. But I, as a promoter, or if I owned a racetrack, man, I, I'd let them have all the buybacks they wanted. I do understand that part of it, too. I was going to ask you one thing that you'd want to change about what's going on right now, whether it's big money side or NHRA side, but I think we just got it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they would do away. And I'm not saying that against y'all promoting the race. I, I had a buyback when I did one. I understand every bit of that, but as a racer, I think the racing, I missed my 10 tucks. They had a little bit more entry fee and you normally had about 200, 250 cars. And it was a beautiful race. They finished in one day, and you go through it, and it's off. And if you lose, you don't come back to the lanes. That I really enjoyed. But you I, you know, I don't know that you can go back to that. It, but like, you also had time after after doing all that racing to actually enjoy your friends. That's and right. It not be one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. You know, I I listened to some of the the big races. One of the things I actually liked on one of them, and I know the majority don't. But I think I like them making them when they got so many cars, make it a two day. You run a round or two and then finish it the next day because of all the times, the first two rounds, the buyback, reentry, but first and second, once you get through second round, it don't even matter how many cars you started with. That race would go pretty quick. You know, you the, 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 the race at Martin, the 1.1 million was the first race that I think was really done that way. And, and that was real odd Friday night because we got done racing at like 7.30. And it was kind of like, what the hell do we do now? And, you know, of course, that was when everybody went off, the, went off with the fireworks. And, I mean, you think you see some drunk skunks at, noon, at midnight at a racetrack. Wait till you stop racing at 7 or 7.30 and they start drinking. And then at midnight, people are laying face down I the road. And, there were some people was it extremely pissed off about all that too we was parked far enough away i could hear a little something but i really didn't know what was going on and then it all blew up the next day there was people throwing like when you you know the freedom of drag racing i'll tell you the other thing about that when you pull in the pits at this particular point in life you know who you want to park by and who you don't want to park you agree with that (laughs) yep absolutely don't don't park in an area that you think is going to piss you off don't park by david bird jones just move. Yeah. So think about it. You know, the 99 and a half percent time, well, he's one of the fun guys to hang around. So if he does something you don't like, that don't make him a bad person. But if he does something you don't like, don't park by him. Move on. He's not going to travel down the other track, come mess with you at night. You know what I'm saying? Just You just got to watch what you do. I got certain people that I really like, but I don't want to park with them. 
you know what I mean? So we don't park with them. I, I, some of them things I feel like people, I think they're looking for an excuse to be mad and lose. That's the way I look at that. I, I think that's their excuse for not winning that race. Well, I was mad because I had strep throat and I just finally fell asleep. <laughs> uh, well, I, and I don't even know who all, look, 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 it don't even matter to me. I didn't think he was one of them, though. I, I thought there was another Oh, he was one of them. He was oh, on yeah. Facebook. That's how I knew what was going on. Man, Jake I had about- finally, I had finally <laughs> fell asleep. I'm all drugged up and I finally go to sleep. I am feeling the worst I've ever felt in my life. Johnny Bates made fajitas and I couldn't eat them. That's how bad oh, I was nice. feeling. Wow. And who I was, was like, you uh, wasn't the one I seen on Facebook. No, Holloman was the one that was real upset. Oh, it, it could have been. It wasn't you though. I do remember that. Yeah. I didn't even know, but, and I'm telling you that, as far as I'm concerned, that don't make you a bad person because you didn't like what was going on. <laughs> right. It it don't make Will a bad person because he, you know, got upset or whatever, whatever. I don't even really know the whole story, but it's irrelevant. The the deal is just I think there's a way around all that. I think you pay a little more attention when they park. And, and I know sometimes you get there late, and that is the only parking spot. You got to take it, you know. But I, I think some of it's some of it we all including myself, we bring it on ourselves. You've you've doubled up a national event five times. Which one was your favorite? Atlanta. Why? The first one. That's the most fun ever. What happened was Pat Austin done it first. That was a big deal when that was trying to be done. And the race he done it, I semi'd in both classes. I was at the peak. <laughs> that so the I told him, and I was pretty yeah, it's at the peak. And I me and all, Pat Austin was, you know, not run around together buddies, but pretty good friends. And I went over to him. I said, "You, I can't even describe to you how low I feel right at the moment. You know what I mean? Everything was going. They was making a big deal out of it, you know, and it was going. And you zoned. I didn't think I could lose. That's what's sad that when you're rolling along, you know, lose don't ever even cross your mind. And it was two times back. I was out. Then I remember hearing them announce Pat Austin winning the first one to double up. And I thought, that ain't the part that. Y'all got this all wrong. That ain't the part that upsets me. I just lost a lot of money, man. You know what I mean? The double, that's just a bonus. That ain't got nothing to do with it. The money was the deal for me. I That's what I did for a living. I could have used that money. You know what I mean? Yeah, going out semis, what you get five, six hundred dollars check. Oh, you, I'm talking about you barely got time to load and get out of the pits. You got to go home, you know, get out of here, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, Pat Austin, I do remember, and it was at Topeka, Kansas. People have to remember back then because I think he had what one one and runnered up a race right before that, right? Oh yeah, he, he's so bad on But no one ran two cars really at that right. point. So you had cars. a you had a twenty five people chance to be the first one, dude, because they was you are correct, and it's still a low amount. But it's still, not. it was just a huge deal because nobody had ever done that. I mean, it's hard enough to win one race, and then to go and win two in the same day was just unheard of. I mean, and then they'll. Of course, that kind of once it was done once and twice, and now it's been done a few times, but it's still special. You know, and I've always told people that Atlanta, because that's one of my favorites, still is. I love it, track. But probably the most fun was at St. Louis because it was just me and Ashley. Just me and her went to the race because we was going Sunday to race. It was ten grand at uh, the hill. So we was going. When we finished, we actually, when we got loaded from taking pictures, the sun was bright. It was like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. We still went to Music City and raced. Didn't get a time travel. I did get there before first round was over. <laughs> did we you win that to, too? 
No, Lord, no, I shouldn't have entered. <laughs> that was terrible. And, you know, it's hard enough to stay awake, but we did make it there. So, but so that's tell probably me, the most fun because it's just me and her. We didn't have no help. Nobody was with us, just me and her. Now, there was a time when you had the Slick 50 deal, you and Scotty, and the Quaker State deal. Y'all had the big almost 18-wheeler tow rig. But before that, when I first got to know these guys, you guys pulled with like – a. Uh, what was it? A ramp truck with an enclosed behind it and another trailer behind. I mean, you guys just, you know, you didn't always have all this high end equipment. They, our buddies back then make jokes of it, says the toughest part of the race was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we broke a lot of stuff. We lost a lot of wheels. You know, I mean, nobody ever stole our stuff, though. We didn't have to worry about that. They well, bought by get trailer- somebody else. I remember y'all having an enclosed trailer. It looked like a horse trailer. And I'm not saying to be mean. It wasn't yeah. like the regular enclosed. It was more like a, I mean, it was wider than a horse trailer, but it looked more similar. You know what? I, I need to go. You won't, won't believe this. About 15 minutes from here in Goodlettsville, the guy I sold the trailer to, they still use it for storage. No. Way. I need It's out in the field. I need to take a picture and post that. Because there's a lot of people in the world who recognize that trailer. It was oh, yeah. primer on the top. You put the Lone Star Racing on the side of it, everybody on that. That's side. right. That's right. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, 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 you're right. Them days are done. Now they get, everybody's got, we don't, but they all got toter homes and um, aluminum trailers and, you know, spare $30,000 bracket motor. I mean, I just don't understand some of the stuff. So what was it like going from that, you know, a smaller rig to that big semi Type trailer y'all had with Slick 50 and having that big deal, did that change the game for you guys, or was it still really all about, like, we got to turn on wind lights so we can stay out here doing our thing? Well, it, it was about turning on wind lights, but I, I do remember when we had that many cars, the first thing we did is organize on what car was loaded last. That way it could get out easy enough to be the first one to go down the track the next day because we normally got there about the time a race has started. So with a rig like that, you really need a few minutes to get prepped to race. You know what I mean? You didn't just let the door down and pull the car out. So I remember we used to, we dang sure made sure we loaded proper the night before to help us out. Cause we were subject to be late. And, and before that, I mean, you guys used to roll into points races like what Saturday morning. And yeah, y'all, y'all yeah. race, we, we bracket bracket race, race Friday on. night. And then, sure. I mean, people just don't, like I said, it, a lot of people don't realize what it was like back in those days versus today. We all, you know, a lot of people roll in with the toter homes and motor homes and they're there for, three or four days or whatever. And you guys were literally leaving races to go to races and coming back. And, you know, you didn't take a week to go to a points race. You showed up on Saturday morning and, you know, made your deal. And yeah, that, that's a, now that's changed. Well, they got you now where you almost have to be there because you're subject to not get a time trial on Saturday. And the division three stuff, we do it every now and then, but they give one time trial on Saturday and then the first round eliminations which is a cool deal, really. I know people, you know, I like to race all in one day, but that SFD, SFG thing, that that was probably the neatest thing. It was That's reality. Just run a little bit of it. Stop at a decent time. Everybody's happier when they leave. They leave, the, even if you, everybody can't win anyhow. So that, that deal, you got to make a, there's got to be another life between 24 hours of racing day after day after day after day. You know, I mean, that, that's a little tough. And I don't know how you go about it. I don't know how you fix it because to cut the cars down, it'd be 6,000 dinner, you know, and have 250 cars, right? Then the people ain't going to do that or you wouldn't think they would. 
So I, I don't I don't know the answer for all that. Except spread it out over two days. But yeah. You don't run so many. I mean, there's only so much time in a day. Oh Lord, I, I don't envy that for promoters. No, I'm- it don't matter any kind of answer that you do or any development, anything you try to do, you're still going to piss off a good percentage. Oh, no, yeah. not everybody will never like one of them decisions. With seven, like I remember at the 525, like we had 700 and something cars. I mean, we raced till two, three o'clock in the morning every day. Yeah. Oh, so they ran a whole race every day. Well, tr- no, we still didn't run a whole race every day. Yeah. Uh, we're still uh, finishing the twenty grander. Yeah, yeah, we're still we're, we're still trying to finish. I don't feel like I've caught up on sleep since then, and that yeah. was two all, years ago. All I know is I had twenty plus years of going to NHRA national events and divisionals, and having three four days to lounge around and do my thing. And last year, I promise you, I saw the sun come up at a racetrack more times than I have in my whole entire life. So I now mean, we literally were done racing? at four or five in the morning. <laughs> Are you working at them or bracket racing? Uh, oh, I'm bracket racing. I, I work at some, but mostly bracket racing. So, now, do you do that with a dragster? With my dra- yeah, super comp uh, dragster. Cool. Well, it ain't been it ain't seen much super comp light a day, but we're mostly bracket racing now, just because of time. I can show up whenever I want, race double enter, race a couple of days, and I don't have to be gone a week at a time. And I mean, even the points races are tough for me because you got to go Thursday to park and Friday to get a few time trials. And Saturday, you never know if you're going to get a time trial or you're racing. And it's just kind of a weird deal for me. So just kind of move to the bracket race. I've got the best question for everybody. You know just enough about NHR to make everybody dangerous, all of us, right? How long do you think it'll be before they take the privileges away from a past champion be able to enter whenever he wants? Not not much longer because they're already trying to wean it out. It's going to go, yeah. I told them, them guys, that I always – I don't owe nobody nothing. Nobody owes me nothing. But I've always waited because the way the situation is, I won't enter till right at noon on Mondays of the event. That way, anybody that has a chance to get in the event can get in. I don't block somebody because I can automatically get in. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? I've always done that. Well, now these guys are doing that. All they can do is watch the internet. Anyway. When them champions – or entering different classes, and then they pull out to let their buddy get in But when the deal's full, yep. and then enter another class. All they got to do is pay attention to what's going on. That's the ones that need their privileges removed or whatever. That is well, very uncool. Well, well the, the last grade point incentive that they, they implemented is is going towards that, to where they're not going to let you know past champions and that, oh, no matter yeah. how many races you've gone to, you need to show up and race – what is it like six or eight grade points or something? Eight, it opens at? You got to go to crazy. eight. Imagine that you got to go lose money eight times, guaranteed, <laughs> to be able to race at them. Well, now yeah, you can't yeah. even win a national and make money. At least I couldn't. I don't have sticker. I don't have all the stuff. I mean, it just doesn't pay enough money. We're used to, you know, you guys probably won close to twenty grand for or, or more. We, we average right at eighteen. Yeah, and Dude, now you know what I mean. You'd, you'd have a. I think it was Gainesville, Indy. The, the spring national thing. I think it was spring nationals, Gainesville, Indy were the big ones mm-hmm. that paid the most. And you had a whole lot less involved. So 18 grand back then yeah. was huge compared to 18 today. Yeah. Actually, a man could enjoy himself. Mm-hmm. Today, 18 grand, that means you cleared about six and let's go to the house, right? I mean, <laughs> they've got this all. It's, and I don't know the fix. Uh, I really Is don't. Is there one? Not, there ain't. There probably ain't. 
Because you can't go, you can't put rules on the on the classes and slow everybody down, make them go back to seventy five hundred dollar five forties. You you know what I'm saying? Because uh, Rare Morrison or one of my favorite Sunset or APD, them guys building them motors, they got to sell parts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Period. They have to stay in business. They have to. You can't. So you can't control the rules for them. You know what I mean? I, I don't know the answer, and I hate it for the people trying to figure it out. Well, and I'm pretty sure in HR is not going the right way. What has happened is, like you said earlier, uh, your Super Street car went 139 back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and that was competitive. More, I mean, you were probably, if not above average, one of the faster cars in the class at the time. Yeah. Well, and now, it, was, it really was one of the faster ones. Well, now on Super Street, if you're not going 140, 145, like you're slow. Like you, waste. Way slow. My my car's pretty fast, five seventies and eight. Yeah, and I know for at best I can hope for is be in the middle. Yeah, and I'm not going to put more money. I'm I'm not doing it that way. I think they're over motoring them, and they're putting themselves at a disadvantage. But that's my opinion. I, I think low middle one forties, low one forties is plenty fast. And for the chassis, you I guess these guys with pro stock cars or whatever can do whatever they want to do. But a normal car for the class don't need much more motor than that. No, but then even like you go to super comp, I mean, back mid nineties, y'all were going what? 155, 165, somewhere in there. One one fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These guys are going at average 180. Yeah. It's I insane. Could, you got, you got some of these guys going one, like Stennett goes like what? 192, something, something dumb like that. You got Larice with the pro charger deal going 210. I mean, I think you took the pro charger off of it, but yeah, they're still fast, but. I They're mean, way fast. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, you, you guys the have whole always, game's changed. Scotty had told me once he didn't like being the fastest car in the super categories. He said, because nobody will play with you at that point. Then they're just, you know, they don't look back at that point. And then, you know, you can't get them to race you. So, but you it's, always have had pretty fast cars. That's the, that's the part. I mean, I don't even, I, do I want to be the faster car? If I have my, my deal, yes. But I just want to be different. If, if I'm running 170, I want him to go 180 or 160. I don't want to take off, lay down within a foot all the way down the racetrack because it gives way too much information that, that you don't want to give away. You know what I mean? We, we won't. Let's put a little bit of driving back in it. And that's only my opinion. That don't mean that is the correct one because I know how the things get turned out of line. I don't, everybody does their own thing. Just, it sucks I when just, you race somebody you know, doing the exact same thing as you, right? It, it makes you – Think wrong. I ran a guy. I ran a guy once. I'm holding two. He's holding two. We both leave twenty on the tree, looking over each other the whole way, run the same mile an hour. We both get down there, stomp the brakes at the same time. I mean, it just was like, hell, that's just a coin flip. We could have stayed to the trailer and flipped a coin for that. I mean, dangerous safe fuel <laughs> and danger. Now they hit the brakes so hard. I, they pretty much now. I still ain't afraid to let somebody go or whatever, but. I will say they have definitely got me cautious. I don't hit near as hard as I used to because I think about I watch them get wadded up. That ain't no fun. Yeah, First of all, the rides is not no good. And second of all, it's hard on your wallet, especially if you're paying for it. And being an adult, when I have to fix something, I, I know where it comes from. I have to pay for it. You know <laughs> is this is this where we call LaBoose out? LaBoose out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there's one guy that can take a joke, it's not him. It's not him. <laughs> I call. He does start it off with a win. Oh, Little John, man. he hey. won at Orlando. Hey, yeah. 
that that's a guy that's got super gas figured out right now. Yeah. Well, he's he's pretty tough and about anything he gets in. But yes, he's doing a nice job super gas. I think he's got a pretty good car too. So yeah. you take a great driver and a pretty solid car that's been winning since the day it was built. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's the other thing about little John, he can fix anything. So if you, you know what I mean? I, I still believe a guy that works on his own stuff has a little bit of advantage because he knows what's going on to make it happen. You know what I mean? Where when you got just a driver that's never done nothing, things can happen. They don't even know to tell you what's wrong. Lou John can sneak through the round, fix it like nothing ever happened, and we'll go right back for the next round. Hey, he, he, you know, he's a good racer. We're, we're talking about guys that can fix anything, and uh, we're talking about Little John. I, I, word on the street is he just purchased a roadster from out west, and by purchase, by purchase time, talking this thing wasn't in good enough condition to sell, so it was donated. Donated, that's a fact. And he plans. He, he actually told it. me about it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know that he got it yet. I, he doesn't have it yet, but I know it's in process, and that's uh that's one of those things that that'll be a cool story once it comes to fruition. I'm telling you, he will fix it. He's got a buddy <laughs> that is very talented. His name is Matt Tennant. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. him and Matt get done with that. You'll never know it was an issue. It'll yep. be a mean car. Yep. Hang on, Edmund. I got a few questions or things I want to hit on before we get you out of here, and I'm not definitely not rushing you. We'll take as long as you want, but I want to. Before you get off tonight, I don't know if you'll do it now. I got to hear the story about you and Scotty coming back from the PRW All-Star race when he was about 14 pulling the trailer and y'all got pulled over in the middle of the night. The cop was wanting to measure the length of the trailer. I've heard you tell it a couple of times, but that is one of my favorite stories that you ever tell. We uh, we left Columbus. It was I don't even remember where we was going, but I couldn't do it all, right? And Scotty was 14, and uh, we had to – Trailer behind the trailer, so it was a two-car. It was a – let's see, I, if I remember, it was a chaparral enclosed trailer behind my dually with a, um open chaparral with a toolbox with the car on it, right? We're rolling down the road. We was uh, definitely over lean. You couldn't back – you couldn't do much except go forward. We we rolling. I was sleeping. I remember we was crossing. It's right here close where I live. He was crossing the – State line from Kentucky to Tennessee on Interstate 65. Scotty starts hollering, get up. I'm in the sleeper, which, you know, right by the back seat. Get up, get up. You got to get up. Well, when I wake up, it's trees around the interstate anyhow. So you're kind of in the dark. But, man, you can see all these flashing lights up in the trees. I'm thinking, what in the world has he done done? So he's panicking. He's wanting to jump over the seat. And I said, well, that's a stop. And when I looked, the cops, I could see them in the mirrors. They were behind the back trailer. I said, son, don't skip. Just be easy. Pull over nice and still. Stop the vehicle. Put it in park. We'll swap. So he can't run up here that fast. I'll get in the driver's seat. No big deal. So I get in. <laughs> we do that. He stops. So we swap. He's in the sleeper. It's just me and him anyhow. And I was in the driver's seat. And the cop comes up with one of them hats on. That I'm trying not to laugh anyhow. You know, the, the things you see in the movies. He's got this hat on. He's got that flashlight. And he puts it in my eyes. He says, uh, what are you doing? Like like he was hysterical. I'm like, what are you talking? He, you wasn't driving this. So he really did see. He was correct. And he's looking and he points that light at Scotty laying in that sleep with the big eyes, all that crazy hair and stuff, right? You know, and he says, you was driving this. I said, well, he can't drive. He's just a kid. He wasn't driving. I was driving. Oh, uh, so he gets mad. Long story short, we talk him out of it, and everything works out good, but he wants to measure. So he gets 
for whatever reason you want me to help him. That was dumb in the first place. <laughs> get out of the car, and we walk back to the back trailer, right? We get behind it. I was trying to remember what car was on the back, but we get probably the Super Street car. But we get behind it, and he hands me this tape measure. When him Hunter Footer did, and he's headed up forward. About time he got in between, he hadn't got to the truck yet. He was close to the truck. Now, remember, it's dark. Well, I just walk up to the back axle on the last trailer. I'm standing there. At the, and when he gets, which is classic, I wish I had it on video because it's the funniest thing you ever see. He gets that tape measure. He's holding that thing. He's he's looking back at me, and he's looking back at that tape measure like, what? It's longer than, you know, you can tell he's mad. He lays it down. He says, don't move. And he's mad. Now, veins, but I can see him in the night. He comes walking, but he says, what are you doing? I said, man, you hand me up. We're measuring this trailer, I guess. I'm standing there holding your tape measure. He said, you're supposed to just give him a tape measure. He wouldn't. Even, he couldn't even finish because he said I was supposed to be behind the trailer, not at the trailer accident. I said, well, I, what are you measuring? Playing as dumb as I could, but obviously it went on for a while. And it's very comic, and I didn't go to jail because I was convinced I was going to jail. And wherever Kentucky is, we was going to jail that night. That guy was mad. We laughed, but he was so right when he looked at Scotty and flat told me straight up, you was not driving that. He was driving this vehicle. He was correct, but it's hard to prove he was one <laughs> and we were two. Hey, while we're on story time, tell me about what it takes to make a scooter run. Maybe sometimes you got to shake yeah, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the videos I wish would have went away, though. That wasn't supposed to be posted. I think they had. I- I they haven't seen it. I need you to explain it. Yeah, no, no, they was. That's them boys. Them boys that play so nice and everything. They do some sneaky things every now and then. That was one of them, and I was the recipient or whatever you want to call it. That was messing with you. Oh, they wear me out. Yeah, <laughs> they do outnumber yeah, you, by the way. Which? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which boy loses the hardest? Uh, probably Blake. Right, Blake probably gets the most pissed off. The other ones, the other ones have already figured out they're gonna race tomorrow. There's no need to get toe up about it too bad. Let's be ready for tomorrow. Blake wants to win, you know. He, he loves his uncle Scotty. I ain't much more to say about it. He he's not really excited when he loses either. He <laughs> likes to win. Do you have a favorite story you like to tell, or people want to hear the most whenever you're sitting around at the track at the end of the day? Man, there's so many that's you know that's. We're very fortunate to be able to have them. You know what I mean? And I'm not that guy that tells a bunch of lies, right? So sometimes it would be nice if I didn't tell what happened. You, you know what I'm saying? If I could just walk away and not tell it. But if I ever start telling something, I tell it how it happened. And many a time it offends somebody involved because <laughs> nobody wants the complete truth on a bunch of them. And unfortunately, we – try to tell it the truth, or at least we tell the kids that's what you got to do. So sometimes it'd be a lot nicer if I could learn to just walk and not say nothing because it sure seems like it offends somebody every time you tell what really or what you think happened. Because we all, you know, if you're not there, you don't, man. You only know part of it. You never know the whole thing. And that's tough. It is fun, though, but it's tough. There there was a time where you and Scotty really didn't talk a whole lot, but how proud are you of what he what he was able to accomplish? I know you you kind of laid the groundwork, but Scotty just took off running with it. Oh Lord, yeah, phenomenal. He just we was 
we we were just different. I was more the guy that wanted everything in line, proper, clean, prepped. You know, don't cut no corners. Da 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 da. And Scotty had, and I'm not saying he might not. He might have went the right way. He he just wanted to rip somebody's head off when go to the house. He didn't care nothing about wiping them. He didn't care about maintenance, nothing. He didn't even really care about pouring fuel in them. But a big enough tank to run the whole race. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just he raced. He concentrated on staging and turning the wind light on. Other than that, he didn't want to do a lot. So we we just different on that. Now, competitive, we're both competitive. But I probably enjoyed seeing him win more than it. Mine, you know, mine was for a living. I never got caught up into the deal about, you know, uh, most wins or most po- what, whatever the deal, most wins in a row. What, what that never really was ever a deal. I, I guess I've never had an ego problem. Now I like my stuff to look good, so I take a little pride in. I'm really proud of my new Camaro Roadster. It, it really is clean for me. You know, I, mean, I, I take pride in that. We're different, and neither one of us is better than the other by no means. I just take things a little different whether that's good or bad, then he takes things a little different. That's just the way it is. But that's the way it is with everybody. Wasn't there a time whenever it was more advantageous for him to turn on the final wind light if y'all were in a final round than you? Oh, yeah. Well, I always tell them guys one of the things we always did was we just had a deal because he worked for me. You know what I mean? And so he, I guess you say when you're an employee, right, you, you have a, a ceiling on the what you can make. Just just like it if you worked at McDonald's, however many hours they give that's your ceiling of what you can make. Well his was set up the same way. So what what I always did, never laid down. So every time he busted me, he busted me. You know what I mean? No matter what people say or whatever. The deal well, I just always had a deal for him for when we raced, we split if I won. And if we didn't, we didn't we wasn't splitting. That way he got his biggest percentage. Yeah, just the small things I could do that didn't cost me nothing, you know what I mean? But yet, I think he appreciated that. And we didn't go, we don't, that ain't no big deal, you know what I mean? I never, we we raced to win the most we could win. So if Uncle Edmund needed to lose because if Scotty won, he'd get more bonus money, then Uncle Edmund would lose, you, you know what I mean? And <laughs> that went both ways. But as far as a bracket race or something, we always did whatever made the best for him if that's the way it went out. And he that didn't capitalize very much. He won way more than he lost. We'll put it that way. Yeah. How in the hell did you guys end up in Boise, Idaho for a five grander? I wouldn't trade that for nothing. That's the most fun I ever had a race track. We went, I'd never I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'd never even heard of it, but they had you picture tree. In other words, you run a three tenths pro tree against a guy on five tenths top ball or full tree. Four tenths full tree, four tenths pro. You picked your tree because I, I tell them, and it's blinded. All you see is flashes. You couldn't see the bulbs and stuff. It's the craziest thing. So we we dialed two different ways. We dialed a uh, nine ninety five and seven ninety five. Turn the stop on in the dragsters, and they're like, "Well, how are you doing that?" I said, "Well, long for me, it, it, anything over like a second eighty didn't bother me on the tree, but there's, there's that deal. Like from a second, there's seven, eight, nine tenths right there. Six, seven, eight, nine tenths. If they would leave and then your bulb come on or something like that, it, it really was distracting to us also. So when I was running them, all I would do is dial in to 
hopefully give them a tree they didn't need, they didn't want, whether they knew it or not. <laughs> you know, and I'd always give them that deal I didn't like. So, and then sometimes it didn't matter. You couldn't make that happen. But when a guy's sitting over on a pro tree and uh, he's spotting you and you deck that, ah, and his light comes on right as you deck it or right after you deck it, it's very tough on that guy. So we we had a that's probably the most fun race I ever had. By I never seen I've never seen it since. They but they they actually did that. And that them guys still win the the guys that were the good racers or the big named racer at that race. His kids race kid. That's where I met them. They they're very good racers then and obviously they're still good racers today. Good people too. Yeah, yeah, they're good guys. There were the they have another one out there that don't travel much that did real well. Um, always got real pretty cars. I can't never remember everybody's as you get older, that gets worse. But <laughs> he, I think he builds motor. He's got the Chromeworks cars. Rafferty. Oh, yeah. Last name's Rafferty. Very, Man. very nice people and good racer. So well, my last question for you is the pursuit of 50, you've already found that in age. But if it, if you had a best case scenario – where do you want your 50th national event win to happen and, and probably what category? Super gas at Indy. Ooh, that's nice. the funnest race. I mean, if you do this, everybody ought to be blessed with the Indy win. I guess that's the Daytona and NASCAR. Obviously, it's two different things, Follow me, but that that's cool. It, it that's what it's like, about if you're an NHRA racer. And it seems like they're kind of trying to knock the prestige of Indy down, but I think that the sportsman racer is kind of not letting that go, right? Right, and I don't blame that, that. That's a big deal. You show like up at Monday and you're in the late rounds at Indy. You'll know it when you pull in the lanes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's back. They used to let the dude fly in with the flag. And I mean, you know, I mean, it used to be way more prestigious, but it, Indy's still Indy, in my book. I, and I, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like they're kind of trying to replace it with maybe like a Gator Nationals or something, trying to make it just that much better and, and prestige for them. But you know, it's it's one of those things that you know I've been lucky enough to to show up there on like a Thursday, and it's kind of like just gives you chills. It's like the calm before the storm. Bogaki talks about it all the time on how you know there there's million Saturday and there's Indy Monday, and both of those things kind of you know go hand in hand. What what's your best Indy story? Oh. I guess the one that sticks out the most is the one Conley busted me in the final the, not too long ago. That was – that might have been 14, whatever it was. But it, I didn't – you know, I always tell people when you go there, when you race like we do all the time, whatever, there's certain days you just feel like you're going to win. You can't lose. You, you know what I'm saying? You're just – that never enters the equation. That was one of them. And he, by God, he humbled me. I tell you that. He busted me on a pretty good run. Y'all both made the tight laps on that one, if I remember yeah, right, buddy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's tough. Probably the most fun loss, the final of the Gator Nationals. I run the uh, Tom Dauber, and uh, we was both. He was 007, I was 009. He was 2,000 better on the tree, and we both stopped the 890 with a zero. Golly. When I got that ticket, because I, I just remember when we went through and my light didn't come on. I can't speak for nobody else at the racetrack. But I knew I made one of them runs. Something, something must have blew through the lot. Something happened. You know what I mean? I, I, I know I won. And when I got my ticket, I was reading that ticket. And I rolled back, you know, and they separate you for your winner decals and your loser decal, right? And I'm over on the bad side, and I'm, I'm reading that ticket. I'm like, holy Toledo! I'm really, 
this just happened, right? Peter, he said it best. Peter walked over and he said, I know it's a bad time. He said, did I hear that right? Or will you let me see that ticket? <laughs> and I handed him a ticket. And he said, oh, my God. I said, oh, I, I, unfortunately, I'm trying to take this in the best. I did. I've been sitting in the car 30 minutes. That's what he said. It was hot. You know, the gators, it's hot. You're in a fire suit. And I sat there for a minute because I was like, that really didn't just happen. Somebody's punking me with this ticket, right? <laughs> Maybe he did a, you know, Tom's a good guy. What can you say? Still wins today. You know, he's a good yeah. guy. He laid one. I, I witnessed one final round for sure that he made a nice run in. But That's a hell of a race. It happened. Yeah. And you rarely see that dead, uh, double O dead on for both cars in a, in a final. In oh, final. normally somebody has it. I wouldn't say easy, but lopsided. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where they go down, not like one of these bracket races we have where, you know, a six pack beats to eight pack every time or, or two pack to a nine pack, something like that. But th- it was actually, that was unfortunately, I wish my wind light would have been on, but I can say I was in one of them races that I guess if you was in the stands and you really enjoyed them classes, that was fun to watch. Well, I got a two-part question. So what did it mean to have a Richardson name finally win a million? And why did it take so long? The sad part. How much long is it going to take to do it again? Right? <laughs> well, but you got no, more chances nowadays. So yeah. I, I will. That was cool. We was heartbroken uh, when they first started doing that, that early in the year. They had a, I won't say third or fourth year. They ran two of them. Yep. Was One that 2000? Was, um, was it that far? Two thousand, whatever. That went rocking the, the Millennium Million. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. They, they had it at Rockingham, and when it got down to seven cars, Scotty was still in twice, and I was in. And when they posted the ladder, we were the three on one side and the other four were on the other side. So one of us was going to the fire. So obviously there's no split. We ain't split nothing to the to the end. You know, Somebody's going to be ready. And one of them times we talk about that money deal or whatever, I was double O dead on and lost wow. at seven cars. He was better double-O dead on than he ran himself, but he did give the win lot back in the final. They ran the final the next day because we was getting a little right, a little missed. They run the final. And he, but they split it big, and he give back went three or four over to a low dead on, give it back triple, you know, all zeros. Wow. Guy made a bad run, but he, he made a losing run, I guess you call it. You know what I mean? He lost a bit. I, I thought I'd never get over that race, but I did at Bristol. That was cool. That was fun. And I'd been, it'd been a lot more fun if I was sitting in the seat. But I can tell you, <laughs> I would like to experience that because I know how much fun I had and I wasn't in the seat. You know, I mean, that, that was fun. I think one of the boy, one of your boys said they hadn't seen you smile that much. Yeah. In a very, that, very long time. I'm going to tell you, it's so cool because you're, them guys are, it's like running 500 John Forces. Every one of them guys can win. You know, I mean, they all know what they're doing. So you, you beat the, you know, you're the man that day, you know, and he was. And we just put the car together. You couldn't have wrote the script no better. We just put that car together. Actually, Austin owned the majority of the car. You know, I mean, it was just one of them deals. It was awesome. Man, you had the right car, Chevy 2. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that's what it took to win a million last year. Yeah, no so. yeah man, needs to have a Chevy 2 or S10 in these days. I'm telling you. All right, last question I got. RBZ Billet. Tell us about RBZ Billet. Where how how did that come about? What do y'all do? How's how's it 
It sounds like it's growing. Talk to us a little bit about it. The um, I want them to be able to do something together. I didn't realize it would do this and go. It seems like there's, there is no uh, ceiling or whatever. You can do whatever you want to do. And uh, I told the kids that they had to go to college. And, of course, they explained to me I didn't. But I told them, y'all don't have no choice. Somebody's getting a paper. And the easiest – Blason would come up with it. The easiest way to get a college degree or whatever you want to call it was 18 months course for machining. Right? The, they went for uh, – I think they called it cabot programming it was the deal. Because I told them the whole thing about that is if you have a problem – seems like to me there's not near enough of them be easy to get a job. And there's no guarantee, you know, there might not be no tomorrow here, you know what I mean? So whatever happens, you got to have a way to provide. And don't depend on your luck or whatever you come up with, make for sure. So they all went and done that. And uh, when they started getting this going, got a couple machines and rolling, the Ryan really excelled in the programming part. And when he went to school, out of the three, he would have been number three. He didn't – he just wanted to pay. He, he's probably, you know, my fault, kind of like me, just wanted to get through school. Blake always made good grades, and Austin really makes good grades. You, you know what I'm saying? So when all of it took off, I would have never – I would have never picked Ryan as the one that could do – he's pretty good at programming. You, you know, whatever you want to do, he can draw it and do it and make it happen, which is impressive. And out of the three, he's a good bit ahead of him on that part of it. And that's just amazing to me because I would have lost a lot of money if we'd had a bet. <laughs> you know, I mean, ain't no, not even a question about it. I would have lost. I would not have picked him to be the number one in that part. And I, I know they're all going to do fine in it, but he's actually – and he enjoys it. So it's, it was a wise deal to send him for that kind of college. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I lied. I've got one last question. Any regrets? Oh, probably lots of them, but <laughs> any regrets – I don't know. I always, I don't talk to people, but I actually was going to race top fuel. And I was supposed to start at Sonoma, California. I was in Topeka. Doug Herbert crashed real bad. And that night, I told all my buddies who were sitting in the stands, I'm not going to do it. And they, of course, they wore me out like, what do you mean you're not going to? You want top fuel, man. We can go get your license and run at Sonoma. I was like, did you see what just happened? He went, That's back when wing struts were breaking. We're a thousand foot. In the, he's come through a wing strut. The, the cameraman was in that scaffolding that he went through, but he had just come down. He didn't oh, get yeah. stabbed with no pole. You, you, everything worked out where all he did was took scab. It was terrible. Right across, right dead across. And I said, you know why he wrecked right there, don't you? Why? I said, he was telling me, you dumbass, don't consider running one of these things. Because I was going. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know if I regret that or not, but I did that because I want to see him get out of high school. Then I would, but now you're too old, too fat. You know what I mean? You got to be a shit. You need to be in 175 pound shape or something. Well, I ain't and probably ain't ever going to see that again. And if I ever got that light again, y'all probably going to come visit me because I must be way bad sick. You know what I mean? So that's just the way it is. That's, I don't know if I regret it or not, but I do think about it every now and then. But what car, what car was that going to be? The hot rod drove it. Hot rod fuller. That was the, oh, you shouldn't have said the brothers. Hot Rod oh. drove the car and then slid yep. on his tail and caught on fire at Gainesville, which was the – I won't say the second race. Was that Peak Brothers or something? Peak Brothers, that's it. Yeah. Damn, any sorry yeah. trivia coming out today. Yeah. 
So what is I'm your? Glad you, I can't remember nothing. <laughs> so what is the? Like what does it look like for you now? Your racing schedule with you and your boys, just racing when you want to, where you want, mostly bracket racing, but uh, locally or, or traveling to some of the big dollar stuff, or, or and then a combination NHRA. Is that? We're going to run a little like? NHRA, but we're going to run the big bracket races. I do like the format. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's some gray area with the the way they do that. That I believe my roacher is going to be very competitive. Other than that, I mean, a dragster, all I recommend would be low, double, low, and run low and dead on your dial, and you have a chance. No guarantees. And it seems like door cars do that not as often, and I, I, I truly believe that's the better way. That don't mean no, I might get my feelings hurt and be selling all that stuff and going back to doing whatever. There you go. Drag Race Results Classifieds on Monday morning. Can have a bunch of dragsters for sale. Big, the goat I said it. The no, goat said it. <laughs> the goat. No, the king. The king. Oh, well, you don't like the king, so we resorted to the goat. I know. I got to go with it, though. I got to keep telling everybody the king. <laughs> that's cool. It is. A, I will say, out of all the people in racing, it's pretty, it's pretty humbling for somebody. There's a lot of guys that are very uh, – uh, uh, deserving of being called really good things, you know, I mean, that really do a good job. So that is cool, but I'm no different. But there's Just not, but thing. about three, what is there about four of you bracket racers or sports and racers that are in the NHRA top 50 all time list? That you, uh, Scotty, Rampy, and Fletcher? Yeah. Well, Fletcher's up there in the, him and Rambo's in no man's land, what I call it. They're very, very talented. Do you think anyone can get to where they're at? No, I don't think so. I'm, not you not even the class. The you know you need to do it in a class that ain't got you ain't got to win seven or eight times to win a race. You know what I mean? That uh, Fletcher's is pretty impressive. Rambo's is really impressive. Fletcher's is probably in the that's incredible. Not even Justin Lamb. You know Justin Lamb probably can, but I don't think he'll go enough. That that's a dude that wins a national event and just shrugs his shoulders. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's pretty good driver. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he gets there. I'm with you. I think he's capable. He has yeah. the equipment, the skills. Oh, I, I, I fully the time, agree. The time it takes to do it, right? The right. traveling and all that. He just doesn't seem like that just is what probably bothers him more than anything right now. Well, you know, kids, loves his wife. There's other things, you know, do I think he could get there? He he probably could. He's a very, very talented drag racer. I think you have to – Literally, if you want to take a shot at at a at a hundred in NHRA, you got to start in your late teens. You got to travel for your first the next fifteen years, just traveling the country and probably not worried about being married or any of those things, just to have a shot. and And it's a full time deal to even have a shot at a hundred because you, you have to hate your social life. You have to not want to be married. You want to ha- you want to ha- not want to own a house. You have to be dedicated to it, and that and only that. And yeah, I yeah. highly recommend you like in Raymond Noodles, water <laughs> out of ponds. Don't even buy bottled water. Get you some free water. Or fill up at the gas station. You, there's a lot of things you got to sacrifice to do it today. Oh, For yeah. Justin Lamb, if he would have started in 85 when I started, could be could be the one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of talented racers that never – Gary Stinnett could have won a lot of races. But, you know, if – if the most you go to is eight or nine a year, obviously your odds are really bad. Them, them ones that could go all the time have a chance. And 
I just I, I believe that Fletcher's deal will never get touched as a sportsman racer. Now I don't know about Greg Anderson and Pro Stock or uh, I don't even know who all who's the top ones up there. Um, uh, Sean Langdon's got the talent, but that they kept him from doing it because they put him in a pro car and he can't race his sportsman stuff. So as the years slip by, that takes him. Jaggy could have done it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he might not still do it in super comp and super show, whatever he races. Cause I'm pretty sure he's going to continue to race. He's just not traveling around doing the NHR. The problem with that is, is it's really a young man's game because the older you get, the more responsibilities you get as you get older, the less drive you have to chase and fly all over and drive 24 straight hours to go make one race and, you know, sleep two hours and head to the next week to try something else. I mean, it just, it becomes a young man's game, but then it takes the money that maybe you have to acquire over time or have some kind of backer. Right. No. Also, also we talked about the grade point deal. Mm-hmm. They, they even get in the race. Oh yeah. yeah. Peter, Peter probably still could put a effort out starting this year and do it. Peter's an exception. He, he's yeah. and Scotty. Scotty, of course, Scotty's. I don't. Scotty's older than Peter. I think. I don't. I don't know Peter beyond those age. I know he's been winning a long time, and I've seen a lot of. Yeah, so I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's younger than Scotty, but you know, or what if Anthony would have run NHRA his whole life instead of running instead of nine million IHRA races? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What if he'd have run it? He he he's as good as anybody on the bottom today. You know what I mean? So there's. All kinds of things. Yeah, just takes that commitment, commitment, dedication, and just going after it. Right. But it takes it for how long, though? It, you can't get to 100 unless you do it for about mm, 15, 20 years minimum, right? That's if you're lucky to win well, four you, or five you just years. Think, you think about the deal. When them guys are going to seven or eight, ten races max a year, ten, you got to go ten years to have a chance at 100. Mm-hmm. And you, you're never going to win half your – and. Justin, like you said, Justin's probably the closest one to the highest percentage of wins per event attended. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's won a lot of races and didn't, you know, it's not a surprise to see him win. It's sometimes it's a surprise to see him not have won. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff. Peter will be 50 this year. 50. So he's just barely younger than Scott. Yeah. Peter's a lot of talent. He's, he's doing he's, good with his races. Yeah, he's a competitive dude. I'm, I got to know him a little bit last year, and and you can just tell there's a competitive streak there. So it's fun to watch. Yeah. Lamon, anything you want to leave us with or tell people about that they, we haven't talked about? Shoot, heck no. Um, <laughs> hope everybody has a great 21. Yeah. Health. Get our health back. There you go. No man. more corona. Couldn't ask for a better guess. I told my wife earlier, I said, I get to I get to talk with one of my childhood racing heroes tonight. So um, you're definitely way up on that list. Always been super kind to me and my family at the races and just Your fun talking with you. Special. Thank you. As you well know, I don't <laughs> have to tell you. I'm the apple of her eye. That's right. <laughs> tell her to call me. I'll set her straight on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You take care. All right. Y'all appreciate that fun. See you, Biggie. So that was that was recorded in the RBZ billet office, which is in Edmonds Barn Dominium. <laughs> so so they've got a shop that is very very large with the multiple bays in it, and they this little corner room over on the end of the shop is rbzbillet.com, and then the rest of it's a house, and then the race shop, and then parts for everybody. That, you know, he sells more race car parts anymore than I think Jegs does. 
but also watch. sells unleaded gas, the cheapest you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that yeah. was that was huge. That was uh, I, I love talking to that dude. And he when he told me at the million two years ago, he told me the story about him and Scotty, and that was the first time I'd hold it, heard him tell it live. And he was so exaggerated and telling us in the staging lanes and how he was walking up as the guy, the cop was walking toward the front of the truck and he started following him and he was kind of animating the thing and just, just so much fun to listen to the stuff they did and see where they came from. Like when I knew of them from the early 80s or late 80s and what they were able to accomplish is huge. So, and then just, you know, obviously having the name of King, it's uh, very fitting. It's definitely a long episode, but one that I think that is, is very well accepted and, and one of those that's not going to be, any complaints of man this is really dragging out this is like a brandon taylor interview you know it's it's quite (laughs) a bit different um but you know as far as as far as that goes he's got racing stores for days you go to the practice tree races they put on in his shop throughout the winter and i mean he just sits around the poker table and he'll just just listen you know and the things that he's done is like everything that we've ever wanted to do and he got to do it and and i think that his humbleness on the part of him doing it and know that he was fortunate enough to do it not that he deserved to do it or it was you know it's his privilege you know i think he's he's especially in his later years very grateful for the things that he's done and i mean i I don't know that that we'll ever see somebody figure it out like they did no uh i think and it's been talked about a million times but i think they just they showed up in a time that we'll never especially with the way with technology is now uh we'll never get to see anything like that again just two brothers just literally just dominating an entire decade. Yep. He said, he said, I'm not the King, but I can be the only person to win in five different decades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not win a national event. That's win a freaking championship. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. No, it's, it's been, unbelievable. It's been long enough. I'm going to Baton Rouge. Ryan's going to Baton Rouge. Gary's probably sitting on the couch. So. Yeah. I got to, I got to highlight a couple of races. So this weekend, obviously the CP racing promotions, uh, Southern Big Bracket Nationals in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So hit that, and then CP moves up to Ennis uh, in a few weeks, the middle of uh, March for the Texas Two-Step. I think 320s up there. Also, Southwest, a uh, few West Coast racers, Southwest Showdown, March 4th through the 7th at Tucson. That race is confirmed. It's on. It's going to be a big race with Chris Forsyth and those guys out there. Um, I will be – Drag Champ will be in the house in Vegas next month for the Spring Fling Million. So that's uh, breaking news. Uh, the flyer came out today, I believe. So we'll, we'll be going back to Vegas and looking forward to my first Spring Fling Million. And um, last for, for my uh, compadre page, Hamlin putting on the Fat Boy Mafia 70K uh, at uh, Extreme Raceway next month. So lots of racing coming up and uh, hopefully we'll have, we'll have it all covered and we'll keep you informed. The week, the week after Pages Race? So work your man's 10 grand. 10 grand. Is it the week after? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know it was that quick already. Oh, you moved it up though. Yeah, I, I had to move it. I got work your man's 10 grands and uh the windmill nationals that weekend too. Yep. You'll send me the flyer, you know, maybe we'll get that on Drag Champ and let people know what day it is. Yeah, I've tagged it. I've tagged Drag Champ and every time I shared it. So <laughs> yeah, no big deal. All, All right. Hang on. Also, I, I just I just fucking work here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Also, I got two entry, or I was pulled for two entries into the uh, 50K shootout, the Southwest shoot, Showdown, uh, Forsyth Race in Tucson. If anyone has money and a car, I'll show up. If not, Forsyth's just going to be mad at me some more. Yeah, it's exciting to see the races, man. The page is just filling up with, with races that are coming up soon. Lots of money going out and 
Uh, can't wait to see who all's going to win all this money. So it'll be fun. I, I think we need to have like a season preview with Beard on here again. Just go through the master schedule and highlight some new events and some old events and some. Because he said there was like 270 entries on the master schedule. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. There's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on his list. Uh, NHRA has been moving a couple of races around. I think they just moved ATCO out to later in the year. Um, they moved uh, the ATCO. ATCO, New Jersey. Yeah, it was a divisional. Oh, the for, divisional. I think in April they moved it out to August or something. And then. Uh, well, they don't even know if ATCO is going to race this year. Yeah. And then you had, what was it, South Georgia Motorsports Park was supposed to race, I believe, this weekend. They pushed it out till end of April. So that's because Ducks races this weekend now. Yeah, they got a few issues. So, uh, but it looks like, you know, yeah, hopefully no, we'll I get don't to... play the, oh, you don't make any money on divisional. Fuck that. <laughs> They're going to make a million dollars. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we will uh, catch y'all next week. Yep. Have a good Later. one.